fired. <laughs> it's fried. You're fired. No. No, nobody's fired. Everybody, everybody's hired. We only, we only hire people here. Our, at the Cubicorn Games podcast. Hello and welcome, Internet. My name is Dustin Morbido. Uh, I have a couple people joining me today. We have a guest for the first time in quite some time. It's me, I know. <laughs> Lorraine, our guest, Lorraine Morbido is here. Never been. Glad to be here. Very special. Long very, time very glad to have you. First been, time caller. Been no, I was going to do that bit. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Damn it. I've been fishing for you for quite a while. I'm glad you finally returned my calls. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I get so many, and most of them are wild propositions. That you can never be too careful. Oh, and for the first time visiting us in quite some time, Brian Lupfer is here. Moshi Mosh. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to get your wife on the phone a lot of times. <laughs> Sometimes, you know. She's, got, she's a busy woman. She's got shit going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, gainfully employed. Uh, true. Yeah. Very true. And then also, you know, just like, you know, wives. Well, you know <laughs> women. what I'm saying? Women. <laughs> Can't live with them. <laughs> period. <laughs> my period. <laughs> ah, my period. Get out of my dreams and out of my car. <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. It's yeah, been a minute since we've had literally anyone in person. Yeah, because we've podcast. done a couple of dev things, but yeah. still not super recently. All those oh. boring guys. <laughs> those boring old farts. <laughs> Game developers, who needs them? I'll just leave. <laughs> uh, well, um, now it's just me here because the game yep. developers. Yep. Had to game leave. developers had to leave. Brian's just solo hour. Uh, it's just his show now. Uh, <laughs> I don't want it. The Brian <laughs> I give it back. I return it. Can I? Can I take this off of layaway? I would no longer like to purchase <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. Money, please. Oh man. I wonder how many Kmart's before they all died still had layaway. <laughs> That's the one thing I remember at Kmart oh that I don't God. remember at other stores. Like, oh, you could go give them like $10 and eventually give them enough money for the thing you want. Man, like Meyer and Coles <laughs> did it too. Okay, because we never yeah. did it at those stores, but I'm sure you're right. That was like, definitely uh, a thing in the 90s that kind of died in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Man, we're old. <laughs> sure are. I think, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's starting to become the case that like, Every day, the world is less for millennials and more for like Gen Z and and the younger, like yeah. uh, you know, such is time. You know, we're just that uh, that generation that's never going to own property. Well, the, I don't the know. first generation that's never going to own property. Well, I don't know about that because, like, so the current wave of what I think is going to end up being a new golden age of memes has <laughs> been has been like Looney Tunes, like based, like uh, okay. Fro had mentioned a Snagglepuss one where he, <laughs> where he's holding a spirit bomb over his head. And he goes, oh, yeah. "I got a bomb <laughs> made of spirit, <laughs> a spirit bomb even." Oh my god! Uh, and then and like Bugs Bunny in the tux. Yeah, and uh, oh man, there was one of there was a Foghorn Leghorn one. I like I. You should just make it like the thumbnail of this podcast. It's so good. I can't <laughs> I can't do it justice. It's. I laughed about it for a full day. If you, if you remember to send it to me, I'll, oh, sorry. I'll yeah. potentially do that. No, mics. you're good. I'm kicking Mike. Heaven to Murgatroyd. Yeah, if you if you recall, like if you remember to send that to me sometime later this evening. I'm I'll, sending uh, it to you right okay, now. Okay, I can, oh, I can yeah. potentially <laughs> honor that request. Yeah, I don't know. It's well, I mean, that's not even actually true, too, because like I feel like we're actually like either just passed it or we're probably like in the start of I don't know which. Again, I'm so old, but I don't know what the trends are these days. <laughs> Same. There was like around like last year, the year before, remember that Olivia Rodrigo album dropped. There's like there has been like a simmering like 2000s era like rock resurgence a little bit in music that like I can't tell if it's like still happening or if it's already <laughs> over. But <laughs> uh, it was like oh we got guitars back for like at least six months. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> Will they not, stick around? I don't know. Not exclusively synth. Brave New World of horror shit. <laughs> <laughs> Live action Disney and mm. like oh yeah, fucking a. Hey, and like you know all all like synthetic music and things like that, which. You know, not to say that synthetic music's bad, but like it, it's it, it shouldn't be the only thing that mm-hmm. is yeah in well, the music. I think the real thing that bums me out about that is that like now that it feels like broadly the era of bands is pretty dead, mm-hmm. and that like the the funnest part about that as like a fucking rapscallion, as like a shitty little youth was just like going to places and fucking around with people, mm-hmm. and like now if everybody's doing like SoundCloud shit or whatever, it's not even like the music that I have a problem with or whatever. It's just like you're never like seeing people in the context of mm-hmm. doing that stuff, like yeah, in the, person. The group performance of a band, yeah, like is you, a very special thing. Yeah, you have to end up finding yourself like <clears throat> listening to like a lot more like indie rock or pop or like um or like punk rock or hardcore. Punk rocks had one foot on the banana peel and the other <laughs> foot in the grave for the long time. So, like, you know, all those things, it's like it, that that's where you'll find it. And they'll be and I mean, I, I like I prefer shows like that because they're more intimate. They, mm-hmm. You know, you, you're closer to the band, you're closer to the music. And like it, it's it's less people being like, I enjoy the be- the beep boops of the music and more people being like, I enjoy what the music is saying. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. right. there's. There's a, there's value to it, but at the same time, you're dealing with either that or the music that we have, which it just depends on your taste and like music like that, like rock and roll having the the big wave that it had between like the 60s and the like early 2000s was kind of an aberration. Yeah, relative to like you know typical pop music, mm. it, just the various because rock and roll was ultimately a a niche genre that became big, and because then then came punk rock, then came fucking grunge and everything that went and spread came off from that and the fact that those became mainstream was just kind of crazy yeah for sure that was right that was the same thing i was thinking i was like it's so weird that like that like new metal was among the most popular yeah. genres of music from you it know, was 2001 the... to 2006 7 whatever like, <laughs> i mean limp biscuits break stuff goes hard yeah <laughs> Wild times. Definitely a different era, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, uh, again, not to get too existential about it, but I do feel like I'd I'd love to, if, Lorraine, if we end up doing that, if we uh, end up taking out uh, those kiddos from senior design <laughs> to celebrate finishing that project with the school or whatever, like, I'll probably ask them straight up, like, how do you guys feel about the future? You're, you're just happy that, like, with the, do you think the next 10 years of your life are going to be good? Well, that was like, when <laughs> we actually Because I met, sure don't. When we met with them, and <laughs> I was telling them i'm like oh yeah like literally yesterday was the 10 year anniversary of us graduating from like this university and one of them was just like i'm not even thinking about i can't even picture 10 years from now and i'm like don't and that, right that, that my question is like is that like a personal thing or is that like are we just there in like whatever stage of late stage capitalism we're at where it's just like i can't even imagine looking I mean, forward I, to anything anymore i mean i definitely wasn't <laughs> picturing 10 years from the point where I was when I was in their shoes, like I, no, I, I wasn't like it. pinpointing a place in time, but I do feel like at that personally again because there's like everybody was in a different space at wherever they were, uh-huh. you know, at any given point in in like year 2013 or whatever the fuck it was. But I remember being optimistic about my personal prospects. I was like reasonably optimistic, yeah, yeah, more so than I am now with like climate change keeping getting worse and AI and all this other shit. I'm just like, oh, the world's gonna be so much shittier ten years from now. I just hope I'm still around. Well, and it's funny because like in hindsight, the ten years ago. Like, like between 2003 and 2013 you know like it was like 
it, things are way shittier than they were 10 years ago. And same thing with 2003 to 93. Like, fuck, dude. It's just a weird place to be in, like, emotionally and, Mm -hmm. like, intellectually, I think, where I, like, in many ways, I have never been more okay with me. Like, I've never felt more like myself than I do right now. I feel like I have grown and changed in that time. Like, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to roll the clock back 10 years. Like, Mm -hmm. I would, I'd be less impressed with that person, I think, than the person I am today. But at the same time, like I said, just the other extenuating factors of the world just give me more anxiety now and i i also still can't 100 percent tell if that's just because the world is getting worse or because i'm just like more aware of how bad things are (laughs) i bet it's a bit of column a column yeah like because i mean you know the the something that's happened since like the the internet's become really prevalent with like facebook and everything Mm -hmm. and getting news online is just the how widespread the information uh, is of like when there's like uh, a child's kidnapped and things like that. And, Mm. and it makes people really anxious about it. But the fact of the matter is those numbers are no different than they were 30 years ago. You just know about it. Exactly. It's, it's just, it's more known. So that's also its own weird. And also to, to loop this back around to the start, you saying that you're going to ask them that my initial internal reaction was damn Dustin, you really want to bum those dudes out (laughs) that bad. (laughs) That's right. right. We're celebrating. Um, Also, here's some, fuck this this celebration here you go yeah well it's more like the like i don't know just like don't make the the mistakes that i did which i don't think we made any like high order ones it's just if nothing else i would uh uh, i would have probably just like shifted priorities more quickly because it took like somewhere between it took somewhere between a donald trump election like the initial one like not the second like you know round two which was also a nightmare uh like it like took somewhere between that disaster at the start of 2017 and covid for me to like really zone in on at least what I want to be doing right this very moment. So like I would like if anything I'd just be like, look, do the best you can to do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> without it having to be like faced with like existential dread to do so. <laughs> yeah, like it, that's definitely something that I have to say about like that I agree with cuz like I am in no way shape or form living my dream <laughs> by <laughs> any by any like stretch of reality. But like also, you know, knowing that how stuck I was and still am in the cycle of just being like, I need to make sure that my shit doesn't collapse in on itself and all yeah. this and that. Like, just being stuck stuck in that loop, you never get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, especially early on, you got to, like, just fucking hit the ground running, find mm-hmm. a part-time job that can, you know, hopefully feed you. Yeah. And, like, you know, maybe get a, like, live somewhere with, like, four roommates and, like, yeah. you know, just... Right bust ass on what you're gonna do until you can do it yeah like, and st- stability is its own like is just as valuable too i think of like i would say like that would be my thing is like try not to because like if i do have a regrets it's just kind of like treading water one way or another of like yeah. i like i wish i would have gotten more on something at a younger age like a little less fucking around a little more dedicated to either like like you said kind of shoring up a the definitive foundation. career earlier or just like saving more money more quickly or like just moonshotting it <laughs> And following my dreams more quickly. I wish I would have done either of those. Right. I don't even think one, like picking one, is like a like better than the other. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't like, there's not a right answer to uh, that question. But yeah. Right. Like and it also depends on the situation you're coming from. Like, mm-hmm. if you have a, a legitimately good support system that can like help keep you afloat as you're like pushing full time mm-hmm. on it, even though you're not making any money, that's like do that. Don't fucking think twice about it. Like, if someone's saying, "Hey, we're gonna you know give you a place to live and feed you while you're doing this," fucking do it. don't don't think about it just do it because that's not going to be there forever and you're going to feel like you wasted a long time if you don't yeah so if you're like 20 something years old and you want my advice right now i would just say like do your best to to whatever capacity you can do at least a little bit proactively as much as you have bandwidth for that will that you think will pay off 
in the further term, whether it's financially or career-wise or just like emotionally, like just like it, like again, if there's like you wanted to record an album or you wanted to make a video game or, mm-hmm. you know, you wanted to write a screenplay or whatever, like try to do that. And even if it doesn't pay off, at least like if, if it's a thing you think you'll be proud of having done, try yeah. to do it. Yeah, it, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, do a, do like chase the creative endeavor and like and even when you're finished with it, like keep doing a little bit. You don't have to like do the full product each time. Like, you know, if you write a book, just keep writing like short stories or like something like that or poems. Uh, but don't let the creativity go because when you do like it, it, like it feels like it dies. Yeah. And even though it may not actually die, it, it still feels that way. And then like you're dealing with the ex- existential dread of not actually feeling like you're creating anything, yeah. which is a part of the late stage capitalism of everything <laughs> that we deal with. Because like if you're you're not actually being productive in a service industry, yeah. so like you you never see you never see the results of your labor and you barely see the fruits of your labor. So yeah. you know like if you can create something that's something artistic and out of your mind or out of your brain not out of, i mean if yeah. it's out of your mind that's cool too that's <laughs> rad but like yeah just like because then you'll you'll see the result of your work and that's important to make you to make it feel like you're actually accomplishing things yeah that's the thing that really bums me about about ai is that like i said i feel like we're <laughs> because there's just a mad dash to replace anyone that isn't nailed down like like the things that people are focused on trying to have ai do or like oh it can like even if it can make art like that's the stuff that I want to do. <laughs> like, like I don't want that shit to get replaced. Like, if we, if you make it, like, you know, if you can write my TPS reports for me or whatever, like, that's yeah. all fine. Like, obviously, there's other, like, the negative downforce that'll play, put on the labor force is a totally different argument. But in terms of, like, having things that humans used to do that they don't do anymore, like, I'll automate all that shit to your heart's content. But, like, we're talking to, like, oh, what if no one has to create, like cool pictures or music anymore what if the computer could just do it for us i'm like that's literally the entire point of being human like it's just like to make stuff that you feel like interested in or good about like so i don't know man it's just fuck i mean you're gonna say something yeah i was just gonna say you're not gonna hit it out of the park first try you're not gonna create your magnum opus on the first run and even if that's not the case every little bit you do is practice every next thing you do will be that much better than the last thing you did and it's just the process make shit it's cool well said and in fact that it's a perfect segue to the thing we ultimately need to get to now finally uh but thank you for chipping that in i'm I'm sorry i kind of like yeah you're fucking spitting i'm zigzagging a bit (laughs) a little bit uh yeah we're gonna uh, our stuff is coming along like you said we're in the same boat of like you know we have released a game I think we did pretty good considering the circumstances. Uh, doing super cucumber stuff now that like will be at GDEX in a couple weeks. So two weeks from today, the day you you could download this, the day this goes mm-hmm. up, two weeks from that day, it's technically another podcast day that we're going to be skipping because we're going to be setting up at GDEX that day. Yep. So we're not going to be putting up a show that afternoon, but we'll have a demo of super cucumber up there. So if you wanted to, probably for, are you going to post that on the Discord as well? I am. Okay. Was, so if you if you are either in Columbus, Ohio. Or if you have uh, want to join our Discord server, uh, you can go to cubehorngames.com <laughs> and click the little Discord button at the top of the website, and then there will be a that build or a, v- a otherwise very recent build of the game mm-hmm. will be up there if that's something you're interested in checking out. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's coming along. Still got a lot of work to do in the next couple weeks, but we're making progress. So mm-hmm. yes, I've, I have tested the last three days. I have looked at things, given notes, and trucking along. Yeah, it's happening. And like I said, I really think that's the only like meaningful update we have on that stuff probably it's happening you can check it out soon if you're so inclined and with that said we can talk about playing some video games wow um, uh we'll do uh, zelda check-in first i suppose <laughs> so lorraine how has zelda been going what are your evolving thoughts on uh, I know, i'm, st- I'm still having a good time 
Um, I don't remember where I had last, if I had only done the one dungeon. I've done three now and have taken a sabbatical from the fourth because I feel like I'm a little underpowered. So I've been just roaming, <laughs> taking a semester abroad and filling in the rest of my map. Because of that, I think some of the areas I'm also going to now are like le- more treacherous in their terrain. Like it's not, <laughs> I can't just like put my horse on cruise control and go through these like countrysides. I have to like climb fucking mountains and it's boring as hell. Uh. But I'm like slowly, I'm making progress. I'm, I'm getting places and uh, making messes along the way. <laughs> I was going to say, did you have any other thoughts now that you've done more of the like scripted content, like more of the like dungeons, quote unquote, and like those boss fights? How, how has that it's, stuff evolved? It's been such a scattershot because I honestly think the first one I did, which was the Wind Temple, is the most solid in temple and boss aspect. It was a very creative boss, much different than the um, blank blights from Breath of the Wild. They were all three of them have been very different for for better and worse. I did not enjoy the fire temple at all. It was all minecarts on like a somewhat vertical and like really sprawling map. Uh, it was a little frustrating. The boss was very cool though. I really enjoyed that boss fight. And then the lightning temple was the other one that I had done. Not a fan of that tag team duo's power. It's very annoying. Uh, the dungeon itself was very cool. It reminded me of the spirit temple a little bit with all the light manipulation you had to do. The boss fight was ass. It is one of the things I hate most about that game is the Lightning Temple boss. I don't know if I was doing something particularly wrong or if it was just like designed that way. It was not fun. I did not have a good time with that boss fight. And I still, I'll still stand by this assessment. I definitely think the tool set from Breath of the Wild is better. Like your the generic like the bomb move free stuff. I think that thing is just more interesting. It's a little it's still a little too complex. I think, but a lot of the shrine puzzles are still very cool. I enjoy them. So that has at least been fun, especially in my wanderings, just like going to every shrine that I I see. I just recently, because I stopped at Hataneo or whatever it is, the one like the town was there before, it's bigger now, and got like the shrine locator pinger so it'll go off as I get close to one. Have done a little bit more exploring of uh, the depths, which they are interesting. The sky is still kind of... The sky just feels like Skyward Sword, let's be real. (laughs) Like, there are certain areas of interest, which is like maybe like it means there's potentially like four or five Skyward Swords worth of like aerial content in the skies. But it's so far apart and kind of only accessible from the towers, which like I get, but it's not the best. Like the... The shrine puzzles are kind of boring because it's just like, oh, find a way to get this crystal over here. You've done it. They're all very samey. Um, a lot of it revolves around the building shit, which uh, hit or miss. But there's a giant sphere in the sky. That was kind of fun. That mm-hmm. thing had a whole bunch of little puzzles in it that was kind of <laughs> neat. Is it a big angie moon? No. It's just it's it's basically like the traveler. <laughs> <laughs> it is just literally this giant like kind of greebled sphere and there's a big old hole in the top and you have to go in and like it's more light manipulation stuff but it's and there's like weirdly low gravity for some reason it was neat it was a weird experience but i am still i do so was that like one of the dungeons proper or was that just no, like an explorable that space was, that was just, just part just of the sky hanging out yeah okay interesting see that stuff is the, what i think is still neat about that game and what was no, cool about, absolutely. about breath of the wild is that there was in addition to like the 
what were they even called? The creatures that were functionally dungeons in Breath of the Wild? The Divine Beasts? The Divine Beasts, yeah. In addition to that stuff, there were other little pieces of like cleverly put together gameplay, like that one island where you lose all your stuff or that whatever. Is, that does make a return in this game. Micah said he's been there. Nice. Uh, but the fact that they leave that kind of stuff, like stuff that's that elaborate, just kind of sprinkled around the Well, that's, that's the, the thing, though, because really like, the thing that makes the sky so disappointing whole cloth like there's yeah there's neat spots in it but there is so much more on the ground level and underground and the sky just feels so lacking compared to those two like i've done very little exploring of the darkness just be of the depths because like it's fucking dark down there and it requires a lot of resources and shit hits hard <laughs> plus it's scary kind of like i call it hell to, um <laughs> for a good reason to, to get your like specs in order yeah, you know, you have to be prepared to go down there or you will be just lost in the darkness and then your hearts get sealed and then you can't do anything but die. Um, it's rough. It is a very rough area, but there's some interesting shit down there and I would like to explore more of it, but I'm scared. The story stuff has been very interesting because like, it, it does play out like the memories did in um, Breath of the Wild, but you have like a little more like idea like where they are because they give you some better hints as opposed to like, here's a picture you have to line up perfectly and get this like little cutscene. Like you have like a you have a map. You can see where they are. You still have to find them on the overworld, and then like find the spot on the bigger spot of where the thing is. But it's been very interesting. Like you, there are some tells. Like I mean, it's it's still a, like a Nintendo story. Like it's not gonna like rock your world or anything. Like the the Pratt Falls. The fact that Ganondorf is just around. Like you know, like shit's gonna get fucked up, and you get to see how. But it is, it's interesting. I'm about, I think, like halfway through, maybe a little more than halfway through the geoglyphs of finding all the memories. Because I've got a, I still got a chunk of the map I haven't, like, mm -hmm. gotten the towers for. There's maybe four of them left. But it's, it, I mean, it's been good. It's been very interesting. And, and I'm still having fun. Again, right. It seems like you're still having a good time. Which yeah. is like all you can ask for, really. And again, that game is so fucking long. There's just so much shit in there. There's so much. You've been playing quite a bit now at this point. Like, I don't know. Does it tell you like an hour count on the, like when your save files or anything? Or I don't know if on the save files, but you can see like a probably some amount of rounded up hour count on the Switch yeah. But you'd probably uh, played it at least two to three times as much as we last talked. I have to believe so it. Yeah. Probably like 30 to 45 hours mm -hmm. at this point. And yeah, you're still not done with it. <laughs> I mean, so that was one of the things that like I really credited um, Breath of the Wild with was that it was just like really dense with things to do. Not necessarily mm -hmm. like the main story, but there's just like a lot of exploring to be done. And mm -hmm. that alone is takes a good amount of time. Plus, you know, like all the little like just bits and bobs around mm -hmm. to do like the like the island where you get stripped of your gear and stuff like that. I definitely can see how that mm -hmm. would be something that uh, Tears of the Kingdom excels at. Yeah, because like the map is still generally the same. Mm -hmm. It is a sequel. There's a lot of differences because of like what is it like the inciting incident being called the upheaval. So like shit has fallen down and destroyed the terrain from the sky. There are these giant chasms leading into the depths, and like certain other climate things have been happening because of like these demons that have been released. Like. The environment has changed. Like you, like when I saw the like the dueling peaks again for the first time, mm -hmm. those two big mountains, like that you kind of like went towards pretty naturally at the beginning of Breath of the Wild. Like mm -hmm. I, I felt really nostalgic because I'm like, oh, I remember this area. I and then I got over there eventually and was like, oh, it is a little bit different than the last time I was here because like towns are built up more. There's more like infrastructure around that hasn't been utterly destroyed. Time has progressed, and you can see it in like mm -hmm. a good way. Yeah, it, it's just that the 
the calamity of their time is what's kind of torn stuff up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. I intend to play that game, but I just you know I yeah. have other stuff on my plate <laughs> short term. Uh huh. Yeah, same here. I do someday want to play it. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that'll be, but uh, so probably sometime after Lorraine is done with it, I'll end up checking. Uh, one of the other things that like is a kind of holdover for or um a, a similar thing that was in Breath of the Wild those like the labyrinths, the big like kind of maze dungeons. They were like placed around the overworld. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually, so I've been to one of them now, and I'm I'm assuming this is the case because you can kind of like you can see most of the sky from the ground, mm-hmm. like the any terrain that's up there, you can see it. You you have to like find a way up there, but you can see it all from the ground. And I believe that all of the labyrinths have a ground level, sky level, and depth level to them now. Oh, because I mm-hmm. did the ground level one, and it's like oh you've unlocked the sky one get there somehow and then you can see if you look down there's like this grating on the floor you can see into the depths but you can't get there yet um. so it's like oh like I, I got the shrine in the center and i touched this other portal it's like oh congratulations for being because there's like a warning at the front it's like oh if you can do this thing then you'll get some shit and it's like oh like good job on doing this thing now go up there and get this reward and then presumably when you finish that, they're like, well, go all the way down there and get that other reward. So I, cool. I don't have a way to get up there yet because I think I need, I think there's a tower closer to it than the one that I have for that region. Mm-hmm. I could probably finagle my way over there, but you cannot fly forever. <laughs> and I think it's also pretty high in the sky. So I have to like start from a higher vantage point nearby, but I'd be interested. I kind of skirted around some of the other ones I'd seen because I'm like, I don't think I'm ready for this shit because I remembered how like, they were pretty punishing before. There was some spooky shit in there, and now they're like covered in the corruption. And I, those hand monsters, I fucking hate those hand monsters. Do you remember the Wind Waker wall foes? I think that's what they're called. Like the little, the little hand, like the puddles that move around the ground, and it's oh, yeah. like a hand. So those, those move in like swarms now. Oh no! And like the musical change, <laughs> and then you're just like getting swarmed by this like flurry of hands. Like I, I. I avoid them as much as I can, but this time I brute forced it, and you got those hands. I did. I <laughs> I, I cut them. I cut a bitch, <laughs> multiple potentially. You just poked them in the fingers. They ran away. So they do have like eyes on their hands, like um, yeah. other like I mean the common Zelda language. I didn't have time or area because I was inside the labyrinth when I did this. So it's like a narrow hallway and just this like cloud of hands. But I did I did get through that. It was interesting. But yeah, there there are new enemies. The, the hands being one of them. They also brought back, I believe they're called Glicos. I think they might have been a boss in A Link to the Past, a three-headed dragon. Yeah. They're different element ones, and I have not lived through fights with them. Mm-hmm. So think Lionels, but more. Oh. I've seen them in the distance. I've seen at least a an ice, a fire, and I think an electric one. Mm-hmm. And the ice one was roaming, which scared the shit out of me. The other ones just seemed to kind of sit around and wait for you to challenge them, which uh, uh, challenge the fire ones, and it's never been good. I mean, like the Lionels, like those were. They're still there, too. There are still Lionels in this game. I've seen one, and I pissed my pants and ran away. <laughs> so it's, it sounds like they kind of power crept the uh, the enemy, like, or the top end of the enemy strength a little bit and made them a little more common. Um. Not necessarily because they, they've been in pretty remote areas okay. like they they have a location because kind of it's like the Hinoxes are still there and i think they're just like kind of a step above that because i don't remember if there were silver tier enemies in breath of the wild there might have been but there are now there's like silver moblins oh no like, they weren't so I don't yeah so. it goes red blue 
I believe black and then silver for like the difficulty. Yeah, I think and black I, was the top end of, in Breath of the Wild. And everybody has all of those forms. Mm, and interesting. Is mm. it's a thing? <laughs> mm. It's a lot. They do be scary because now I think I don't know if I'm just like. Because I still haven't been able to figure out. Mike hasn't been able to confirm this for me either. He's the only person I've been talking to about Breath of the Wild. Because <laughs> in, or Tears of the Kingdom, in Breath of the Wild, as you beat more dungeons, the general level of enemies in the overworld has increased. Right. I think that's still the case, but I still see reds every now and then. And there were like, I definitely saw blacks very early on too. So I don't know if they've just kind of like kept the spawns pretty level or if it's a much slower incline. So, if my memory serves me correctly, it, it was kind of like it, it didn't raise the raise the floor completely. It kind of just skewed the spawn ratio. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't like you weren't just like yet. fighting all like all blacks and never saw like any blues or whatever. Right. But it does feel like it might be leaning. It, that I the more I've been playing recently, especially like as I've been going through these mm-hmm. newer areas, like I had never run into a silver yet, and I have seen a handful of them now. Okay. But. I don't know if it's just in certain areas, if they're all like that, because I haven't really gone back to the first ones I was in to like get a better estimate. I think it might be the case, though, that there is the like general floor raise for enemy levels. Well, you have some investigating to do. I do. Much more exploring. <laughs> Report back next time. I That's will right. do my yeah. best. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, if, we, if we truly truly skip a week, uh, you'll have played a lot more of this game. I will have played like t- double by the time we I'm talk now, about basically. it again. So, uh, oh man, you're you're like increasing your time played by orders of magnitude. <laughs> so many. Right. It's exponential. It's just uh, snowballing uh, your Zelda play. But the one thing that I do want to comment on is, um, I do like it's it it's a little annoying, but I do like one of the new Korok methods where it's like you have to bring a Korok to another Korok. Like, he's like, oh, I'm so tired, and my friend's over there. Mm-hmm. And he'll, like, show you the plume of smoke. And generally, there are parts around you to build something and go there. And I was outside um, Hateno, or whatever the fuck that village is called. Who cares? It's on the eastern side of the map. <laughs> Shh. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there was this big, long slope down to the shore. And this little Korok, because they've got these big backpacks, and they're just like, I can't stand up. They're just on their backs. They're making like little Korok distress sounds. And they're like, help me get to my friend. And he's like, all the way down there, right by the beach. And I turn around, and there's this little cart. There's a fan, and there's the little controlly thing. I'm like, okay, build this car. <laughs> Stick this Korok to it. I'm going to drive him down there. <laughs> so I get it all set up. I get on the controls and start going. I hit like a near 90 degree drop. <laughs> i get knocked off the cart the cart then falls on my head and hurts me and then keeps going Yeah, literally like just bonked you on the head and then went on to fall like 400 feet further down this like head over ass like so (laughs) you attack like with the one ability the like i don't uh, the ultra hand ability i think is what it's called you can like magic glue shit together right so this korok is glued to the cart and the cart is just flipping head over back all the way down and Dustin's like where did he go did he die and I'm like no he's gonna be down there so I'm like slowly paragliding my way down if I had been a little lower I would have like shield surfed my the rest of the way down there but I wasn't sure how far I was gonna fall and then a, a right up against like because there's like these remains of like a ship so it's just like busted up jetsum and shit all over the ground and he's uh, he's still attached to the cart right up against the thing but like upside down 
So I unstick him and hand him to his friend. And he's like, oh, my God, thank you. And they hand me two Korok seeds. And I'm like, you don't know what I just did to this fork. Oh, it was oh, so funny. No. <laughs> you didn't send him to his friend. You sent him to Jesus. <laughs> I sent him <laughs> to his about. grave. Uh, yeah, I've, no, that was I've seen so funny. many things of people just like strapping rockets to Koroks and just <laughs> sending them into oblivion. Rockets well, are my favorite. I need to find more. Well, it's I, uh, I know one of those um, one of those phallic contraptions oh, that I've someone seen, built. I've seen so was many. like built on top of a Korok's head. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Because we were talking earlier. I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because we were talking earlier. Like the last time we. Uh, mm-hmm. to the podcast we talked about kind of how like some of the like goofy physics nonsense can be frustrating in that game but it is nice to find a moment where it was like <laughs> as fun and funny as it was like anything else uh, uh, like it's worth noting that that is part guy. of the experience too oh yeah uh, of just like sometimes you just fall to <laughs> drop you drop your cargo <laughs> down a down a mountain and uh it hits you uh, it, it hits you in the face mm-hmm. on its way to the, the bottom uh between that uh, and the um the one guy who's holding up signs everywhere that you have to help him prop up so he can stabilize them. Those are among like my favorite uses of the building aside from the shrines. Like, cause again, they generally like give you the parts. So like, you don't have to be like foraging for shit. And generally the solution is it's very simple. You can make it as complex as you want, which I think goes to the game's benefit, but it's just, it's goofy times. I mean, just lo- just seeing on like on Twitter and places like that, just some of the absolutely bonkers contraptions that people are coming up with. Oh, you can make a lot of weird shit. There's some strange stuff in this game. Yeah, but I, I mean, like all that is like, that's really to the game's credit. Because that's like, you know, the things that make games like um, like Roller Coaster Tycoon or mm-hmm. like um, like SimCity, mm-hmm. like games like that, that make those have like infinite replayability. It's stuff like that. And mm-hmm. Zelda kind of has that. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. It's like I said, it is a very impressive game, honestly, especially for the hardware it's running on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, is, uh, it is amazing that it functions and runs as well as it does yeah. on the Switch. I've heard. I, I know for a while Mike was playing almost exclusively in handheld mode, and he did not necessarily recommend that mode. I've sure. been playing almost exclusively on the TV, and it's been I, there's been some moments of slowdown, but um, mm-hmm. generally it's been fine. No weird like I haven't fallen through the world yet. Um, <laughs> haven't clipped anything weird or seen something playing out how it shouldn't it seems very stable for how complex and kind of stupid some of the stuff can be well and, and like a lot a lot of the credit is like it, when pokemon scarlet and violet mm-hmm. came out my timeline was just filled with bugs and stuff oh, like that yeah. that came out of the game whereas with with uh tears of the kingdom it's it's uh, if i'm being frank uh just giant phalluses uh, oh, yeah. all over the place that, built out of stuff that thrusting one was really <laughs> it was, that was it really was i had I, to I share had, it i had seen so many other attempts but that just like the motion uh, of it you got such a reaction out of josh that i thought it was just it was beautiful it was just amazing i don't remember if i was there what what was his reaction no i think it was just his response to it just like oh my god <laughs> just like because like, like he hears mike and i talking about it yeah all the time like we'll just go on like long tangents and right i think we maybe like he might i know he was like maybe talking about playing breath of the wild i would still recommend that game first because i think it is a very solid game and has a little bit less of the complexities there's just there's one plane. There's not three axes or whatever that you can mess with. Yeah, it doesn't um, have all the verticality, and it doesn't have the the weird uh, build a bear yeah. workshop kind of vibe. It, it is such a solid package, and it is very it is a very very good game. 
I also just really like the vibes of that game, the like like kind of healed apocalyptic sort of environment. Yeah, nature is healed, um, and and you're kind of traversing an area that once was bustling and now yeah, is kind of reclaimed. The just the general vibe of Breath of the Wild is so good, and I do still really like the Tears of the Kingdom one. It is like the pr- natural progression of that. There's mm. more like people are healing. People can make like cities again. They can start to build things again without like just this looming cloud of evil now the castle's floating but you know and there's holes in the ground but you know we're, we're making do <laughs> i do really like both of those games they are solid solid vision games i'm having a good time like i said we'll have to touch we'll touch base again yeah you, who knows maybe you'll be like done with the critical path at that point maybe not we'll we'll find out in about a month's mm-hmm. time i suspect yeah but in Woo. any case is that it, that it for zelda now Pro- probably probably Okay. I wanted to segue off of that. Speaking of uh, quality <laughs> and things that have been in development for uh, quite some time, Street Fighter Six finally just came out. It sure and, did. And Brian, you can maybe refresh my memory on the exact timeline of this stuff because I've I had totally fallen off of Street Fighter Five like outside of the like with like I I don't think I had really played that game since like maybe the first three or four months that it came out. Okay. Yeah. After that point, I really hadn't picked it up. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that's I'm sure that wasn't for that wasn't explicitly for the reasons that as much as your reasoning was that it didn't just grab you. Right, but um, uh, but a thing I wanted to ask you about the legacy of that game, because this is the thing I had heard from other people, which again, I think does kind of show itself in the, the product they delivered, because it seems, from my very limited experience, I only played it for like two hours maybe total, mm-hmm. but it seems, it, from my experience with that much of it and watching other people react to it, it seems incredibly well put together and well polished. Street Fighter Six. So it, the discussions I've been having about Street Fighter Six have been going from the surface level of it's a complete package. It has single player content. It has really good training mode. It has character tutorials character trial combo or uh yeah combo trials and like you know just even basic tutorials they have full tutorials that like will give you a visual um like a visual or it plays a basically a short youtube video of this is what you do and then you can try it yourself and all that like that feature is super good on its own so it has like robust beginner features including the modern control scheme which is not for me, for the most part. Like I might use when I play Zangief or something, but mm. I feel like there there's room for that to actually have a competitive niche, not just with people that feel like that's the control scheme that they prefer. But that's neither here nor there at this point. So that all is good. I, I haven't really dove into the single player content, but I've seen enough of it to know that people love it. Like yeah. I, I might end up putting some time into it at some point, but right, because that was the thing for me too. I was like, I'm, I'm like curious about it, but like all I really wanted to know was like, because because most of the reason I booted up was like I said, I'm not a hundred percent sure when I'm gonna play a decent chunk of it, but at some point I will, mm-hmm. and I wanted to just like, all right, I was like, I'm curious, I'm gonna download it the night it comes out, and make sure it'll at least run on the PC that I want to play it on, mm-hmm. right? So I did that, and I was like, oh, it's, okay, it's good, run, <laughs> it runs great, <laughs> like it runs. It, Locked at 60, that's all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I just needed 60 frames a second consistently. I'll take it. Yeah, um, and so, so like, you know, like that like that mode seems cool, but again, not for me. Uh-huh. Like, there, there's a good amount of stuff in that game that I just don't feel like is something that I'm going to really do all that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that kind of doesn't really matter. Uh, like, I, it's still there for the people that want it, and that's great. I'm super happy. But for actually playing player versus player, which is kind of the biggest thing, mm-hmm. heck, it, like, so... Obviously, it's good. Uh-huh. People like it. I like it a lot. But there's a lot to unpack, and not in a bad way. Yeah, but it's it is straight up just too early to like people aren't gonna have decide exactly how they feel about the drive right. gauge system and all that stuff. Like it's gonna well, take time. E- even more than that, like so one <laughs> of the biggest one of the biggest things that like so my little brother and I were discussing it earlier today was they were they like the developers 
were extremely intentional with all their design choices and you could tell yeah i so, think so too uh, so like just going through the frame data for everything and like seeing the way that moves have like how the frame data breaks down and the plus and minus on everything and the fact that stuff is minus but safe for the most part makes it so that like the decision making goes from i i push a button it's minus two I got pushed out a good bit. Should I continue pressuring? Is my opponent going to counterpoke? Are they going to perfect parry? If they do counterpoke, do I want to parry? If are they going to drive impact? If they aren't, then then am I I'm going to am I going to keep pressuring? If they do drive impact, or if they poke again, am I going to drive impact? You know, it, so it's that like the, the decision stack is for like that one interaction of I press I'm I'm on offense. I'm pressing right. two buttons is like. 40 decisions deep. Yeah. No, it's fucking wild. God, I'm stressed out already. Yeah, like, (laughs) so, like, the mental stack is, like, literally, like, fucking massive. And that's from, like, that interaction. Mm -hmm. And so the person that put it best was was this fellow named Infilament who made the... uh, the fighting game Glossary Online. He got a review copy and he put out uh, his review. And in his review, he effectively said that he doesn't see this game getting solved. Because it's kind of unsolvable. There are just so many pieces. Like there, there isn't gonna be a one size fits all like flow chart. Do this and you win. There are so many options that create so many different situations at a million different spacings that they're really like it's it's gonna be really hard to break it down. And and at this point, anyone that says like that they're like that they've got shit figured out, they they still have only scratched the surface. It's we have months until people start to like really get competency with it. Yeah, for certain. Because it's just like like I said, it's it's a really complicated game for me in a lot of ways. But I I do stand kind of in awe of it. I think because yeah. there's just like like you said, I don't really also don't care about like the story mode or any of that stuff. Like I could totally personally do without that. But I think it's really smart from like getting people in just in the door. Into it's Street a very Fighter good that it's onboarding. Uh, um and the and the fact that that stuff is, it seems all like relatively polished combined with what you just described of like how much thought it seems like they put into every fucking thing about again it'll take quite a while before people have rendered like a longer term like opinion on the whole thing but i still am extremely impressed with the drive system and the way that they've like moved existing oh, mechanics yeah. around around the game into that like like taking the ex out of supers and putting it in there and making it just a really dynamic like offensive and defensive tool of how you spend that bar i think having the having the bar up full at the start of every round is so fucking cool for the same reason you just described of like it gives people a ton more options immediately so it's not even just like you gotta like get a round or two deep before you have meter that you decide to spend you're like all right i got (laughs) i got six little chunks how do i want to use them (laughs) yeah at at round start you have literally every option available other than your supers yeah like at the round start at the start of the first round which is kind of fucking crazy And, and and so like it it kind of puts itself in a position where you have an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, and, and it always, like, it, it kind of snowballs both directions if you're playing well, because you can, if you're, like, defensively playing well and you're parrying where you need to, you'll always be building that meter back up. And if yeah. you're just pushing and are successful at pushing their shit in, then, like, even if you're spending meter, you're also getting a little bit of it back if your aggression is successful. Well, and so additionally, just... like, uh, you don't actually chip the life bar until the drive gauge is gone, so your specials chip their drive gauge down so that's another thing that goes to that and understanding that so like ultimately you have to track your yours and your opponent's health yours and your opponent's drive gauge yours and your opponent's super meters and you have to be willing willing and able to make the decisions on where it is in the stack like like what options you're doing in the on your mental stack out of your embarrassment of options (laughs) given the kind of behavior that your opponents presented 
it's just it's fucking wild. Yeah, there's it, it's, it's it, it is like truly amazing to me in some ways. And like I said, there's there like there's both like me kind of objectively trying to evaluate the product and being like, I think they did a really fucking good job. Combined with I think I do have had a and again I it's whenever I will like find a little more time to get into it probably after the next couple of weeks like after we get done with that show mm-hmm. uh, at GX in a couple of weeks here. But um, my immediate reaction was I think similar to many people's reactions to both Breath of the Wild that when that came out and Tears of the Kingdom now of like. It's been a while since I've been in this place. Like I've been in a Zelda world or whatever. It's been mm-hmm. a hot second since I played any any fighting game, let alone a Street Fighter game. But just like going back into that zone and like having all those memories flush ba- rush back to me and being like seeing that they like executed in a, an extremely solid manner. Like I had one of those little like oh my heart moments. Yeah, <laughs> like oh yeah. it just feels great. Well, like, it makes me happy inside. Uh, and, and another thing <laughs> that that I thought was really good is like I don't remember if I messaged you it, but like just playing just picking cammy and she felt it she felt more normal to me like mm-hmm. she felt like street fighter 4 cammy yeah and less like street fighter 5 cammy which for me is a huge relief uh-huh uh, just be normal yeah like i'm just like oh my cammy but uh but it and beyond that like they've they've done a really good job of kind of just fleshing out the the personalities and the characters of all the characters yeah like, and it, for the most part i think i like the redesigns like across I the board of, like how they yeah how everybody's new looks are and everything uh I, so for the characters that got like real redesigns because like jury and ryu are kind of mostly the same yeah pretty similar. um you can't you can't change a ryu well he's wider well, <laughs> he he's very, wider. yeah but he's not like, he's still the same karate is Z- yeah. also quite similar but like at the same time probably better than he's ever been i don't know <laughs> it, like, like it's weird because he's <laughs> It like the the initial reaction is Zangief sucks, <laughs> but like I feel like that's totally wrong. Uh, it that it's again, you know, people that are like all like that are downplaying their character, or downplaying any character, or mm-hmm. just talking shit like all oh, this character sucks, you know, whatever. They they have no idea what they're fucking talking about. Yeah. No one just, does. There's so many little fun touches to everything. Like I said, the the like Zangief. And like other like big muscly like Marissa, she's got big muscles. Yeah, yeah. Or like Marissa. like the the work they've done to the character models, where you can kind of see their musculature yeah. like flexing and stuff, is so cool. Dude, Ari Engine <laughs> is so sick. Yeah, it's really good. Well, and and like you you know, so the obvious one is like when Cammy does some of her moves, her her butt jiggles. <laughs> but like Ryu's pecs do that too right. when he's doing things. So it's not just like you know that. It's literally just the engine that is. Yeah, built in. and like in like Zangief, so like if you're. A, a, against Zangief when you see his wind pose where he like smashes his fist together yeah. and like his whole chest flex out and he blows smoke out of his fucking nose like I don't know what to tell oh, you man if you're like if you're if you see that and you're like oh that's not doing it for me like get out of here yeah, dude, <laughs> just, yeah, go go stick with Tekken or like Mortal Kombat whatever yeah, or go back to your anime fighter, <laughs> like, and not disparaging to them. I like, I sure, I've, sure, sure. I, as more times passed, I've obviously squashed my beef with all those games. I like all of them uh-huh. to some capacity. But another thing that I really liked was just the, like some people online talk shit about the the soundtrack. I think soundtrack's fine. Okay, it, the game the the game kind of has that like like it was like it's really polished, but it's kind of given that like sort of gritty like street feel that we got mm-hmm. in Third Strike. Mm-hmm. It, like it's not verbatim that but it's kind of got that vibe and i think it's i think it's really good like just yeah. the stylization of it because ultimately with street fighter 5 one of the worst things was just how unstylized it was it was, it was like i can picture those menus and they're like the blandest thing i've ever seen it was milk toast it was super gray because i never i have never been a fighting game person my most ex- the most exposure i had gotten was how much street fighter 4 that dustin mm-hmm. played because that kind of came out around the time 
that we yeah. like definitely like got sat together. on my bed behind me. Yeah, and watch me and like matches that, like the menus, the vibe of that game is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I love probably how it looks. Yeah, I think pro- that's probably where some of those people are coming from music wise. Because like I said, I haven't played it long enough to render like a super strong opinion. But I agree with you that I definitely don't think the music that's in there is bad. Yeah. But at the same time, I do like understand if people wanted something that's a little more propulsive because it's kind of not that either in most cases. Where like a lot of those original character themes, there's like an energy to them that like I don't know. It just feels a little more upbeat than uh, some of the stuff we've got in here, which again is is uh, largely going to be a personal like taste kind of thing, yeah. whether you prefer one or the other. I can summon the Street Fighter Four menu music <laughs> into my. Uh, I head. I it's, also can, and also the announcer. <laughs> Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra Street Fighter Four. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't think it's bad by any means. No, my no, only comment on Street Fighter Six in a negative is I'll never like Luke. He freaks me out. I hate <laughs> his, his, his arms. His gigantic. His four, his forearms, forearms are too weird. But he's Luke from Streets. I don't care. <laughs> oh, he freaks man. me out, and I don't so, like him. So that's okay. But uh, but the voice actor is like a goofy clown, and he's like he does like he makes meme content on himself and Luke. <laughs> That's online very, that's very fun that's like fun. like i'm like i just hate how that character model looks i understand and it freaks me out i don't <laughs> yeah, like he's it. got he's got the he's got the popeye like tuber forearms there's uh-huh. too big well that's like, the thing i still like that about the character designs though that they are like still exaggerated enough no, from, yeah like like, he, like they are he fits into uh, the cast really well i just hate him yeah yeah, yeah no like and that all that's all good like i and again you know i'm not gonna give anyone any shit <laughs> for like that opinion because i agree Go, like luke Luke does look goofy. You know, he does look weird. But like I said, that's what I appreciate about that game as a whole. Because the other thing, I don't remember which one it was, but I think it was one of the more recent um, KOF games where like a lot of the roster felt like they had grabbed like oh, yeah, three yeah. or four assets from the Unity Asset Store and put a bunch of wigs on everybody. And like, whatever, I guess that's acceptable. I think that was KOF 14. Okay. Yeah, because I think, I think it, it just was felt like It felt like almost every character in the lineup was like, here's a, a stock... Like anime character model that we picked up somewhere, and then we like put the right costume on and like put the right hair on it. <laughs> you know, it, like because because KOF 15 came out, and it's kind of that, but like they've improved on it. Mm. But I mean, also, you know, that was them moving to uh, moving the 3D model from like literally the best sprite work since Third Strike. Mm. Yeah. So because KOF thir- KOF 13 was a fucking gorgeous mm. game in, st- in terms of sprite work, mm-hmm. and it, it like in my opinion, best sprite work since. Street Fighter, or since Third Strike. I, yeah, I could believe that. Um, sure. But yeah, like, in general, just like the way that, like, yeah, just in terms of appearance, like, Ken's new Ken's new look is really cool. Cammy's new look is really cool. Blanca getting overalls is sick. Yeah, and, um, they, and all the characters, they both, especially the returning ones, because I, I actually really like the new cast, too. Like, the new characters, I think I like them holistically as much or more than, like, the handfuls of new characters that they've ever introduced to the Street Fighter game. I agree. The old characters, they both look like themselves and look like they've been iterated on. And yeah, that's they, like they look such older. A, yeah, that's I mean, such a like tight needle to thread that like it's just like I'm pretty amazed by the whole thing. Like it feel it, it feels like this game, like the the guys who made it at Capcom, like went into a conference room with like one wall of whiteboard and they put like everything that like they thought was cool or that like people on the internet had like said, Hey, I wish we had this in a fighting game. I feel like they put every single thing on that wall. And like checked off at least ninety percent of the <laughs> of that stuff, like in the in the finished product. Well, so like those guys, it, like the guys that did, that made Street Fighter Six are ultimately the guys that were resp- responsible for making Street Fighter Five a good game mm. at the end of its life. Sure, because like yeah, well they came in. It, it Ono wasn't great. 
Ono hasn't been great for him. Like, Ono was fine in, like, 2012 or mm-hmm. something like that. But then he was in charge of starting Street Fighter Five, and it came out as, like, the most remedial package that you could get, that you could put out for, like, full price. Right. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was a full price game, like, in modern days, if that was the game, or the product that people were getting sold, they would be asking for refunds. Oh, for sure. And so Ono left, and then the two fellows that are in charge now, I can't remember their names, unfortunately. They started to do the iteration on Street Fighter Five, and and they and they're guys that like really actually love fighting games and love Street Fighter, as opposed to Ono, who I think was just a game dev, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so, like, they they were putting their passion into the game to make it a good game for the community and everything. And then they put that same passion into Street Fighter Six, And it looks like Capcom was just like, yeah, man, do what you got to do to make it good. Yeah. Because the other thing I was going to say is, it, did you recall, because you were, had played that game more frequently than I did. Um, a thing I have heard online recently, which definitely would speak to the quality of the product they release now, is that at some point in time, Street Fighter Six would have had, like, a nebulous 2020 release date. And then some combination of other stuff within the studio and the pandemic uh, resulted in them getting a bunch more time to like actually work on it and like polish more, st- more stuff up. And I, and I, my understanding, hearing other people talk about it online who are, have been more active in like keeping track of fighting game stuff since then, was that at some point in, time, in Street Fighter V's life, they were like, oh, we're done with content. We're like, the game's done. Mm-hmm. And then later they were like, oh, actually, there's going to be one more season. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that, and my understanding from hearing other people discuss it is that that was the ful- the like fulcrum point mm-hmm. where they decided, all right, Street Fighter Six is not coming soon. <laughs> well, and so because uh? uh, like it was around the time that Ono got got let go mm-hmm. because uh, there was a there was the big Capcom league. Yeah, that's um, right. I remember and, and, that. And shit. that in that league, it was uh, it was included that Street Fighter Five or Street Fighter Six was going to be a like um like almost like a tag game with two characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and with that leak the the reception was resoundingly negative yeah which would right would have been a bizarre thing to try to do considering like the the first like big modern black eye the street Fighter, the modern street fighter series has had was when street fighter cross tekken came out so yeah. to, like to like go that route with the night like uh, all right we're taking it back to form <laughs> a two-player tag battle thing yeah <laughs> okay. and so so like you know but yeah and so it was at that point that those guys took over and like really uh really did everything they could Leading into and through Champion Edition of Street Fighter Five, and then into Street Fighter Six. If my, I think that's the timeline, but I haven't looked in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like they they definitely put in like a lot of the work for making it as complete of a package as it is. Yeah, it's just a like those two games together are a story that the game industry at large will never learn. <laughs> but we can still keep pointing pointing to examples of it where like. You know, when you release a minimally viable product like Street Fighter Five was at launch, people can always tell. Like nobody's gonna, <laughs> nobody's gonna look at a game that like, all right, we think we got the bare minimum of what we can do to ship this thing, and I'm be gonna, like, oh, I'm, thank God. I'm gonna interrupt you. It was not a minimally viable product. It was a, it was an alpha plus or beta go. minus. That's fair. Because oh. um, oh. it, it had no features other than like, other than like training mode and like, I think maybe a shitty arcade mode and then like versus and and yeah. like and absolutely broken online yeah like it, non-functional it, it was quite quite bad and and again there's like i i feel like some people in like the game fandom community who have never like who either don't dive deep enough to like be interested in the creative process or just like you know don't know people worked on that stuff i think there's people who there who out there like that think like oh how could they have not, not known and like everybody who worked on that game knew yeah what the score was as it was going out the doing. door they're like oh this shit is fucked up 
But, you know, for whatever reason, like, people in the higher-ups are leaning on you to get it out the door by a certain date or whatever, like, it's going to go out anyway. Like, everybody who's on a project like that knows the state it's in <laughs> when it's coming. It's not like a mystery uh, that, like, all this stuff's unfinished or broken or both. Well, oh. and uh, and so, like, something else to point out is, so Street Fighter Five on launch had, like, at immediate launch, mm-hmm. like had an like the receptive the reception was more positive than it should have been based on goodwill that yeah. capcom had built because of street fighter 4 sure and marvel 3 mm-hmm. and then that like cross tech unfortunately didn't phase didn't phase us but it should have been a warning right. shot and honestly saying. right marvel 3 probably it took a lot of the pressure off of cross tech and being so fucked up of like oh yeah. well, at least there's a real still a really good capcom fighting game out like yeah like <laughs> so like because like street fighter 4 and marvel 3 were running at the same time they were yeah they were both huge but then uh yeah cross tech and should have been like everyone should have been like whoa, whoa, whoa what's happening here <laughs> like going into street fighter 5 uh-huh. but was the- um the next capcom Marvel game after five because there was that yeah. infinite one. Or yeah, infinity. that was infinite came five. out during five's life, and it was even worse garbage. So, uh, I haven't played Infinite much, and I haven't like, played it at all. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the general consensus is that the gameplay of Infinite is really good. Okay, but like some of that, like the visual design. It just didn't work for Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah. Because, like, was, if you I, look at the... The vibe was weird yeah. from what I understood. And people had a lot of the similar complaints that I had about... That I was just talking about of, of that one KF game of, like, a lot of the characters just kind of looking stock. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Chun-Li just kind of looks like a female female <laughs> anime model number four. With, like, right. We put the buns on her or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it, a lot of it was just, like, it looked kind of janky and stuff yeah. like that. So... So like you know those two games like really killed the goodwill from the oh, community yeah. or from like uh, like people in general, mm-hmm. and then everything that happened with Street Fighter Four or Street Fighter Five towards the end, plus you know all the like all the media that the that the devs did or the the producers of the game did because they were like super transparent to- through the end of like Street Fighter Four like as soon as they got in the seats yeah and then leading up to Street Fighter Five, and then like basically. And then, like, doing, like, two closed betas and an open beta Mm -hmm. and a demo so that people could get their hands on it, get some experience with the various modes. And that's how you end up with, in the first, like, three days, maybe two days, Street Fighter VI sold over a million copies. Wow. And that's for, like, a a fighting game. That's pretty fucking impressive. Well, for that time frame, that is super fucking impressive for a fighting game. Yeah. Because I think Mortal Kombat, it took... Like the, I think it was Mortal Kombat 11 was the one that really went off. Yeah, yeah it, like right. I think it, I think it took a, a bit longer than that mm-hmm. to yeah, hit and that right, million and mark. Mortal Kombat, from my recollection, is still generally speaking, if not the best, one of the better selling fighting games in terms of total. It absolutely shipped. is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's people a like that one. Bar. I remember hearing a lot of good about yeah. um, 11. Yeah, like I, I just I didn't get into it because I was you know various things but mm-hmm. i so i'm actually looking at playing the next mortal Kombat. mk1 so. yeah mk1 <laughs> what it's a like a throwback kind of oh, thing okay. well no it's uh they they did a universe reset yeah it's like a reboot yeah oh, basically okay. um but yeah mortal Kombat one one like, two the uh it's not 12 it's <laughs> one point two the the trailer that they put out was like looks really really oh. really good but like that's uh cutscene yeah material. Oh, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. i'm a, i'm obviously gonna be more patient wait to see what the uh mm-hmm. what the mm-hmm. gameplay looks like but yeah like the capcom really fucking did it and i think and i think uh 
Resident Evil Village and the RE4 remaster or remake. I think all those things really helped too, because Capcom's been leaning into like remaking a lot of the old Resident Evil games, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and they've been coming out with some nice quality. <laughs> yeah, they even I true. saw something else from them recently um, that said that they wanted to look at other of their older properties. And Bring like, back Breath of Fire, you fucks! <laughs> uh, Fuck. That because of how well the Resident Evil stuff do- mm-hmm. has been doing and how good uh, Six has been received. That they're gonna maybe look more into the can wait the to see deeper cut catalog. How uh, realistically Mega Man's <laughs> virtual muscles can flex in the Ari engine? <laughs> they, it'll just be like just like the little arm cannon is like made of flesh. <laughs> like it, it's powering up and like veins are bulging it, out of it. It's gonna be the box art Mega Man. <laughs> oh, thank like, God! Not uh-huh. as like a joke character yeah, in a Capcom not... game. He's gonna be like fucking hot. Oh God! You know, like Sexy box massive cod piece. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> So Just like Pex pulling through the metal suit. I I mean like I know Capcom scrapped like Mega Man in general at a point. Like I I would really like to see them like do a new like Mega Man X game, and like a new Breath of Fire game, and like you know maybe shoot the shot with a new Vampire Survivors game because mm-hmm. like it, it's the time like unless they are unless they are actively in absolute secret working on an, another Marvel versus Capcom game. Now is the time for them to put out another like they need to do a really good job on it, and they need to they should put out another fighting game to ride the coattails of Street Fighter Six, mm-hmm. especially one that's different enough, like a Vampire Survivors or not Vampire Sa- Vampire Savior. There, I, I was gonna say, yeah, I thought that's what you meant. Um, Vampire Savior, uh-huh. or that you know it, it just it'll it'll be able to stand next to it as a different product and not like a second Street Fighter game. What about Puzzle Fighters? 3? Puzzle Fighter could do it too. Puzzle no. Fighter Three. Let's go. You could play uh, Puzzle Fighter Two in Street Fighter Six sometimes. That's it's, great. It's one of the rotating games that exists in that little <laughs> Battle Hub lobby. Oh, yeah, they have cute. a lot of shit. That's really cute. Yeah, uh-huh. no, it's cool. Um, we played a lot of that on the the 360. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Yeah, like I I would love to see Capcom like bring back some of the smaller titles. Like even if they could like put in the legwork to do like uh to put out a Mega Man game and and like have the confidence to be like yeah we we made this game it's not a super long game we're going to charge 30 or 40 bucks for it something yeah. like that you know mm-hmm. but like you're saying between like some of the recent Resident Evil games and even just this year if you just take like RE4 and Street Fighter 6 uh like Capcom seems like they're delivering within that company a level of quality that a lot of publishers right now just don't give a shit about like mm-hmm. we've seen square enix and fucking bethesda slash microsoft and like a handful of others that i can't remember off the top of my head just push out clearly unfinished <laughs> or like completely janky products and just be fine with it uh like between like Forspoken and redfall and like a handful of other games that like escape me at this point yeah uh, i mean uh, like i from everything i've seen and i haven't watched much because i've explicitly been trying to save myself from the marriage of playing final fantasy 16 <laughs> but like it it looks visually really good and it looks like and like you know it creative business unit three like should be its own company and not part of square enix frankly with the way that they operate and, and the quality of product that they put out so like when that comes out i i am hoping it does or it's as polished and complete a game as Street Fighter Six is. Yeah, after that's been out for a couple of weeks, we might have to uh, 
have you on again to so you can enlighten us about what the deal is with that game because i can't imagine that i'll have any other vector for like yeah. understanding what's up with it i i took that week off so i might beat it <laughs> but like beat it in the time that i have off Valid. all right sounds good um, yeah the most i've seen of 16 was the like sony like showcase they had oh yeah the state of play kind of thing yeah yeah because yeah. they had like a because that game is out the whatever. week we're it's... leaving, I think, even? Like, that's fr- the fr- that Friday? I believe so. I think so, yeah. yeah. So it's almost out. Like, two more weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, like, I got to grind out some Street Fighter Six, And then... Uh, I think that's... Like, I don't think I'm going to get started on anything else until mm-hmm. 16 comes out so that I can not be like oh i want to do this right <laughs> that way i that way i can start and finish 16 and mm-hmm. be like and be like <laughs> yep and then you know wallow get, in it for a little bit fry yeah. you off your chair <laughs> yeah and then get back to um the street fighter 6 yeah <laughs> sounds good but yeah i think that'll probably do it for street fighter talk for now like i said i really just wanted to to speak to someone else who i knew would be like enthusiastic about it because <laughs> i'm just really excited that they did a really good fucking job i'm sure i have another like two hours worth of discussion points but yeah. like because again I, we could, like get deeper in all kinds of stuff but i i couldn't offer that much because i haven't played that much of it yeah yet. i mean it, like also like i would need like notepad and, <laughs> and bullet points because i would i'd be retreading the same ground a lot i'm sure for sure it's but just, it is it is exciting yeah like it is it is exciting that they put so much thought and care into like like i said just so many aspects of it including mm-hmm. the stuff that like again like the story mode and stuff that the two of us are not necessarily super into but i think will serve that product well in terms of helping yeah. it find a broader audience than like street fighter games usually get yeah and i mean like i it, like when i'm not thinking about it i'm fine but when i'm thinking about it, i'm like oh fuck i'm stoked to go home and fuck with it man like it, it like it it's just, it, it's good it's good like it, and at this point like it i i've had moments where i've been like motherfucking while playing while playing on um while playing on online mm-hmm. like invert and like ranked or whatever but it's never because i feel like the game's fucked up i feel like it's because it, like it's ultimately just because i don't know what i'm doing yeah i like <laughs> i like I understand the decision tree of everything and I still keep making the same mistakes <laughs> yeah. and I know it's my fault, but like oh, I, yes. I still get angry at it, yeah. but it's not at the game. It's at myself. Uh, and again, that, that's the thing I think I'll close on uh, as we wrap this up is that like, again, part of it is just that like street fighter is back. And I had mm-hmm. like that exciting. I was like, Oh, that's just so nice. That street Fighter's <laughs> back. It makes me happy. But another part of it is that fighting game thing that is like really unique to that genre. If you can get into it again, cause I've never been particularly good at fighting games, but I have, from time to time had like a much higher order interest in them. But the, uh, the thing that fighting games can give you that almost no other game can is that they can give instill a level of like self-improvement and like willingness to fail <laughs> that I think most games are just the, just the way that most games are structured. They're not capable of that. Right. And in fact, most single player stuff, you know, kind of like tries to design around that. Like, like, like there's the, especially as we've gotten into stuff that is more like free to play and more, uh, mm like driven by engagement where like they don't want to generally speaking face you with any rough edge that's like that would put you off of playing it they just want to keep you in the loop uh but the the like core loop of fighting games of like you're gonna go against other people and it's really just you versus them and it's not like you don't have like you know four shitty teammates dragging you down (laughs) you only have yourself to blame if you perform poorly and then if you want to keep playing and keep improving you're gonna have to learn to eat shit and like be comfortable with that sometimes Mm -hmm. like look i'm gonna get my shit pushed in Sometimes I'm just going to get destroyed for like an hour straight, but if I keep at it, I like will eventually at least get like a little bit better. <laughs> like I'll learn this matchup a little better or like my execution will improve slightly or whatever. And I think that's one uh, of the things like 
that that genre does really well is that like the the loop of the gameplay is so short matches are not long like you're in an individual engagement for a short amount of time even if it is two out of three you can finish um and i think that plays to kind of what we were saying earlier is just like any like any creative endeavor just like the ability for rapid improvement to like even if you are just challenging the same person over and over again, you're going to learn something every single time. You're going to try and react differently or react faster or better every single time. And that's just kind of what that type of game lends to. That is the the skill tree of that game is you getting better, not necessarily like you getting better gear or like your character yeah. getting better. You are what is leveling up. Yeah. yeah at, Lorraine talking about the, the, the speed of how quickly you get back into it. That reminded me of one of the other best things about Street Fighter Six. <laughs> when you when you're when you're when you're when you're matched with someone, and the game one ends, if you press you know start or A, I don't remember like uh-huh. a few times, the next the next game starts. Yeah, like in like a second. Yeah, there's not the there's not the all oh, fight ended music slow mo like freeze frame with like character text and then mm-hmm. and then it has to load the menu and do an animation and then like you have to wait for it to load the rematch or the quit or whatever. Yeah, it's like it, you go you go fuck this guy <laughs> and then it, next one starts and you're like let's fucking go. Yeah, like <laughs> no, it's, it's great. So good, it really is. Yeah, the little bits of like de- we've watched some stuff on both Twitch mm-hmm. and um, just like recorded stuff on YouTube, but the speed of that menu is kind of mind-boggling. It's so good. I am so happy because the the last game that did it like that was Marvel Three. Mm. Like you could like literally rip through it and mm-hmm. start the next game in like yeah. less than two seconds. In that right. Game. right. I don't know back. what happened to that. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> it. Yeah, and I, I'm about to go on a, a rant. Don't need to do it. But yeah, that's that's another thing that I think is a super highlight, and I'm so happy that they got that right. Yeah, I think for the moment we'll call it an, an evening. But that <laughs> is so excited. Definitely, we'll be talking more about that in the future too. But uh, again, thank you, Lorraine, coming talking about Zelda, chipping in on Street Fighter a little bit. <laughs> thank you, Brian, for stopping by, hanging out. <laughs> You're. I'm, I'm really excited to get to get more into Street Fighter in the coming weeks for sure. And uh, I think we'll call it a show. So, like I said, we'll probably be almost certainly be off uh, mm-hmm. next show. Pro- so probably a month from now, we'll, we'll have another podcast. Yeah. But in the meantime, if you want to keep up on what we've been up to, you can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, the People yeah. Making Games Mastodon, and co-host at Cubicorn Games. If you have any indie games that you've got out there that you think are cool, that you're working on, that you'd like us to try out, email us at podcast at cubicorngames.com. We should be doing that more again in the... Next couple yeah, of weeks here, I suspect. Get kind of level out post GDEX. We'll probably start streaming again. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, you can find other like less frequent. I, sh- I updated less than I should. Uh, updates mm-hmm. on cubicorngames.com as well as our Discord if you want to try builds of the stuff we've been working on. Or share builds that you have. Yeah, and like, with all that said, I think we're going to call it an evening. Yeah. So thank you again, Lorraine, for hanging yep. out. Thank you, Brian, for showing up. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. And then I'm about a, a month's time, we'll be back again. So until then... uh. Stay safe, Internet. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.